I'm Chad Rutherford. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, a crown for every achievement. Today, we're going to be talking about TikTok, A Tale for Two, which was developed by Other Tales Interactive and was released in 2019. Uh, we played the game on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has an Android port, uh, as well as like on Windows and Mac. Um, and what's cool about that to me anyway, is the fact that this game is the most cross-platform compatible game ever because it in no way requires you to be connected to the person you're playing with. Right. Uh, it, it, when you start the game up, it it's like you have to play this with another person. It won't work otherwise. So like we have a Discord <laughs> server for you to join if you don't have anyone to play with, which is cool that we live in a time where you can just do that. Yeah. Be like, this is a co-op game, and if you don't have anyone to play it with, you can just easily find them online via this platform. Mm-hmm. With, like, voice chat and everything set up yeah. already. Uh, and the reason that you're going to need a second person for this game is because this is a co-op adventure puzzle game. Uh, I would say mostly a puzzle game, uh, mm-hmm. more so than an adventure. There's not a whole lot of, like inventory management and stuff like that yeah the um the description i think it was pulled from like the eShop, the nintendo eShop. it described it as a puzzle or jesus it did describe it as a puzzle game but uh i meant to say an escape room style or inspired game which mm-hmm. we've talked about a few games that have claimed to be that uh and i guess this fits into that um, under that umbrella yeah this is pretty close to that type of escape room design i i felt like because 999 uh from the nonary game series also claims to be an escape the room game but it is there's literally a room that you have to get out of in that one yeah it's literally an escape room game right uh whereas this is more uh i want to say it's narrative focused but it kind of isn't the narrative is opaque it's Mm -hmm. it's a little bit difficult to like pick up on yeah if you've listened to our other episodes i'd most closely compare this to year walk where i think it's more focused on like creating an atmosphere for Mm -hmm. you to set its puzzles in uh more so than it's focused on like the story itself yeah you end up using like little tidbits that you pick up for puzzle solutions but for the most part you could pretty safely ignore the story and still end up with, like, the gameplay experience pretty much unchanged. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know how I feel, but probably the most negative thing that I have to say about this, because really, there's so little to it uh, in terms of, like, amount of content that the, that is there. It does a pretty good job with most of everything else that it does, but it does set up, like, this time not time traveling but like this uh expansive narrative that takes place over like a decade and you really see very little of it actually played out and then there's just kind of an implication for an ending yeah um yeah it, this game does have a narrative that seems interesting as uh as you're describing but it doesn't really let you participate in it at all <laughs> nor does it really like carry i think the amount of weight at least that i would want it to 
in a game that's like on the shorter side, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the the way that it stands like the narrative is kind of the only thing that would make you want to come back to play the game again, and I don't necessarily know that you would really get all that much more out of it, mm-hmm. like with the additional context of everything. Uh So where do you want to uh start diving into this? Uh I think just the basic concept of it i mean which we've described but i'm surprised we i haven't seen another game like this before like just a co-op puzzle game where you need each person playing the game uh, on a separate screen to be able to share information between the two of you like it's such a cool idea and it works really well and it just seems like the kind of thing that I don't know. I don't know if any other games have tried something like this before. I'm just surprised I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, I was actually uh, pretty amused at the at the thought, but uh, the closest comparison that I draw to this is something like Space Team, mm. where the idea is that you have information that everyone else does not have, and you have to share that in some way. Uh, and this game encourages you to try and, like, talk through things as opposed to just, like, physically showing the other person your screen, mm-hmm. uh, which I think does enhance it. There are a few, which I'm sure we'll get into, puzzles where it seems like it would be nearly impossible to accurately describe what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I like that about it. I wish that this was... I mean. I don't necessarily know that this isn't a focus, like this co-op focus, but I like the way that this implements it, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, It just... I feel like something like Space Team is more of like a party-type game, and this... Like, having you go through the game with another person... In the, I don't know. It just it strikes me as unique, and I'm finding it hard to describe it or compare it to stuff. But I I really like the concept a lot. You can imagine that if my first instinct was to make a comparison to Space Team, right. that I also had a pretty difficult time <laughs> comparing it to other things. Yeah, I just co-ops existed for so long, and mm-hmm. it just seems like a genuinely unique form of it. We could take the highly cynical route and be like, this is just to make you buy two copies of the game. <laughs> It doesn't feel uh, like it's trying to get its fingers in your wallet. Yeah, no, I agree. There, there's no in-app purchases. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I will say, I find it... Uh, th- this feels progressive in the co-op space in a way that is is unique, is new, because it's, while you do each have to own a copy of the game, and I genuinely don't think that's a big deal, uh, considering what, this was like a $5 purchase or something? It was cheap. I don't remember exactly how much it was. But. Yeah. Um, the reason that like online multiplayer has become so popular lately is that because people have a tendency to play games at home. Like They don't invite people over to play games anymore because... It's there are so many options to play a game over the internet that it the like cost value like if you're not already hanging out with someone and you just want to play a game, it's easy to just get on Overwatch and like join a server. 
as opposed to driving somewhere to play Castle Crashers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I like that this is sort of like a melding of the two. It's a couch co-op game, but you can be on separate couches and still have the same experience. That's a good way to put it. It really does feel like that kind of experience, like sitting next to somebody and playing and like commenting on the game together uh, more so than other online games. Um, And it also, it gives you that like, experience that we like a lot of like having to take notes and like compare information and it it really gives you that that feeling of like working through problems Mm -hmm. it also uh in that same vein uh that experience of playing an adventure game with another person that we've sort of like talked about enjoying on this podcast a couple of times before uh it's that like the collaborative puzzle solving effort, which is, I guess, sort of where the escape room part of this comes in. Uh, this game does, and it it necessitates it. So you end up being able to talk through things a lot more than if somebody was playing Grim Fandango or whatever, where you're just like kind of sitting there. And you're like, oh wait, what if you do this thing? And it's like, ah, oh, okay. In this one, it's you're setting up. You do the whole setup verbally, so the conversation has already started. Mm-hmm. Um, and use all of that to solve the puzzles in this game, which I feel like is what the is the meat of this, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, were there? I'm trying to think. Like there were a couple of puzzles that we thought were difficult, and there were a couple of puzzles that I thought were stupid. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think the majority was was overall pretty good. Yeah, I I really liked the puzzle design. I think there was one instance, like maybe one I can think of I disliked, but I thought it was pretty good overall and struck like a I think a good difficulty level for the kind of game this is. Like you don't want to be playing a co-op game with someone else and like hit a wall where you both get frustrated. Like that's awkward with another person. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I thought this this skirt like rode that line pretty well. Like it was challenging in spots, uh, but we were able to get through it without looking anything up. Um, I think I I looked up a Morse code like dictionary to try and figure that out but it turned out to not be necessary at all i just did it because i was like there ain't no way this game expects me to just know morse code (laughs) right like (laughs) yeah i guess there are some hiccups there i mean to me that was me being like very brash about (laughs) yeah (laughs) how uh I just expected, I don't know, something about games has made me inherently <laughs> distrustful. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty confused at that point, so... That's true. Yeah, there were two or three places that I remember us being stuck. One of them was that Morse code, because we were given multiple... And I'm going to frame this as a negative, but in reality, I think this is a strength of the design. Mm-hmm. Because we were given a lot of things that we felt went together, Uh and we had to decipher like where to apply each thing like you had the morse code tapper and after you sent a message it responds with one and we didn't know where to use that because there were a couple of different places where it seemed reasonable that we could have applied that to mm-hmm. and in the end all of them were related because they were to the larger light bulb puzzle right 
And I think that is great because we spent a lot of time sort of like exploring it as much as this game allows you to. Uh, we didn't actually mention that, but there's no like locomotion in this game necessarily. It's more just like screen to screen stuff, which for something that it released on a phone makes sense. And another way that it's kind of like your walk. Um, but the fact that they were, everything was there in a way that after we had each looked at all of our different locations multiple times, it coalesced and everything did fit together. And mm-hmm. like it wasn't, they weren't disparate pieces to different puzzles. They were all part of the same thing. And we just had to realize that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great moment of uh, like, I don't know, like uh, enlightened design. Yeah. The pieces fall into place like organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think any snags that we hit were kind of similar for when we played Harvester, mm. where you go around the town and you find all these pieces and we would try for probably way too long to try to get the pieces to fit somewhere in that immediate environment mm-hmm. and in reality you kind of just need to like pick things up as you go and then once you find the place for it to go it'll stand out mm-hmm. uh so yeah i feel like there were a couple of instances where we kind of tried to brute force things before they were ready <laughs> you know like for where we were at the right spot yeah i, I want to know if this is the puzzle that you wrote down as not being a huge fan of which was when you were presented with like 16 squares that just had like some like clock hands on them and buttons underneath yeah that's the one okay (laughs) because that would be the one that i would say did not feel like it really like it did not sing when we found the the other piece to it like, we were sitting there looking at it going, like, D- does this make sense? Can you put these numbers to this number? I felt like it presented you with too much information on too complex a uh, screen. Yeah, and the fact that each one of them you could move the hands. Because, like, it's not... You described it as a clock, which is a decent way to describe it. But it's, like, a circle with four hands pointing, you know, up, down, left, and right. I forgot they were four, yeah. Yeah, they were, so and you can move all of them on each and every single one. So mm-hmm. you're, like, your mind's racing with, like, what <laughs> kind of bullshit am I going to have to do with this? Like, you know, so it kind of overwhelms you with moving parts, I think. Yeah. And, and then it- all the buttons underneath... <laughs> It's a daunting task, too, because, like, when you see that, your assumption is that... Because the the solution overall... Spoilers, if you're uh, listening to this without playing the game. Puzzle spoilers are the hardest ones to, like, give a fair warning to. But the solution is that there's one of them that has a combination that is, like, in uh, the cardinal directions... And so you punch that in and then hit the button and one opens. But when you look at that for the first time, it's like the fucking telescope in uh, Eternal Darkness Mm -hmm. where you're like, or any puzzle in Mist, where you you look at it and you're like, do I need 16 different combinations? Because that's a lot to put in. Like You dread it. You're like, I don't want to do that. That's Mm going to take forever. I'm going to fuck something up and not know where the like mistake was made. Yep. It, it, you're, I feel like for whatever reason, your mind immediately goes to the worst possible (laughs) outcome. 
and then you can't shake that feeling mm-hmm. of like oh god this is it's coming you know yeah uh so yeah it's a weird weird puzzle phenomenon there but yeah, I think they probably could have it cut the number of uh, lockers there like in half. Yeah, yeah. If there or were post boxes, I think is what they were. If there are any improvements to the like main, like the core loop of this game that I would make, is one that make the some of the puzzles have too many moving parts. Uh, that are like unnecessary mm-hmm. so like maybe trim down on those and to take a page out of the book of freddy fish or pajama sam and make the other interactable objects in the environment just do more things when you interact with them because mm-hmm. there are tons of things that you can click on that make a sound or something and it is frustrating because you feel like they should be doing something there are things that you can move around and there are things that there's at one point you tap on a barrel enough times and it just breaks and you can get at what's inside of it and i feel like those would be less of a distraction if there was like a clear thing that happened like in a shooting gallery like whenever you uh click on it like you tap the map and it goes like like have a blurb a text blurb come up be like map of town Mm -hmm. that's all i want just anything to make me not be like tapping on every object on the screen yeah the thing that i think the game sets up expectations for that and it's the puzzle where uh you have to go down into the basement i think of the house is where it is and there's like all kinds of jars and stuff <laughs> on the shelves and like everything you can click on it and move it and you're like you feel like there's twice as much stuff mm-hmm. in there at like minimum th- than what there really is and you can like tap on the pipes and you kind of feel like it makes different pitches <laughs> depending on where you tap on it you know like which is a nice touch of realism but i think it's a step a few too many steps or a few steps too far there we go i got it <laughs> um because then you, you get your tinfoil hat on and you're like you know trying to tap the thing it's like does this do anything yeah because in the same uh like area when you tap on those pipes you hear the different tones there's also a puzzle that involves you hitting bells to make a song mm-hmm. and it's like the two things just will connect in your mind like you you want to find that pattern and you're like okay can i play the bell song on the pipe now <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh but yeah so that's that's that and what what's weird is that in a lot of games this kind of thing would be a positive like the fact that they did put enough detail in that like tapping on different objects makes different sounds and some of them are interactable in like a minor way being able to slide the jars and shit on the on the shelves i think is cool but it would be more cool if i didn't think that there was somehow a puzzle related Mm -hmm. to it it's too many red herrings yeah that's what it ends up being yeah one thing i wasn't a big fan of was the clock um in the little square and it had to be at a certain time for you to access the the clock shop Mm -hmm. that wasn't very clear like if it like what advanced the time because it seemed to be different for the two of us at, at a number of points and it just wasn't clear if like 
if it was moving around like Pokemon rules, like taking steps and moving around advances time, or if there's certain triggers that make it advance. But like that was really like the messaging wasn't very clear. Like I think it's okay to have that variable of like you can only access this stuff at blank time. Yeah. But I think that's fine. It just wasn't very clear how it worked. Yeah. I I, I think my guess would be that it was a trigger based thing. It was if you had done some thing. I think this is a design issue with the game. Like this might be an unsolvable problem for them mm-hmm. because if you're going to this is a thing that happens. Like there're just triggers in games that like unlock things uh and they've contextualized it as time as a clock. That maybe could be the flaw because then you because f- you feel like time in its inevitability mm-hmm. passes <laughs> and so you think may do i have to wait because you can't think of anything else that you do but the problem is the two games aren't connected in any way so even if you've solved all of your puzzles you have the other person has to be finished as well before the thing ticks over mm-hmm. so i think it's like a certain number of you have to have seen or done everything before it unlocks Mm -hmm. is like the way that they they staged it but it would be so it would be difficult without explicitly telling the player yeah well like how to do that but i agree i think it is unclear yeah there was i know there was a time at least once maybe twice where you were like oh i'm in the clock shop now and like it was just (laughs) closed for me like it i think it opened at like three yeah it was still like one for me and you're like i'm in here Uh, (laughs) yeah look at me having fun playing the game uh so yeah i thought that was a bit clunky but yeah i don't know how you would fix it yeah uh do you want to talk about visuals in this game (laughs) (laughs) why yes i do chen uh I don't want to steal your thunder on this one because you're the one who pointed it out initially. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, the visual style of the game does remind me, and you first, of, <laughs> of Year Walk, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is what sort of was the the basis for any comparison that we made. Like that and the fact that it's like a puzzle game and that it was a mobile game that is also on the Switch MPC. Mm-hmm. Kind of a lot of similarities, I guess. Um and I, I do agree. I think that there is there is something about Year Walk that to me is more charming than the visuals in this game. I think it's just Year Walk as a game is just a bit more fleshed out. There's mm-hmm. there's more parts, there's more characters, there's more just art assets overall in Year Walk as in comparison to this. And uh I think that makes a big difference. Um, th- yeah, this is smaller scale, and it, it, it's it got, I don't know, your walk has more polish to it, I guess. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, <laughs> uh, thinking maybe I'll, I'll hit on a new thread, but I don't think I got one. I mean, that's fair. Uh, I did like it, for what it's worth. The game is, is constantly dark. Like, the, whole, mm-hmm. the, the game overall uh, is, it's set at night, 
and most of the rooms that you're in are like pretty dimly lit and it is set in the past and they didn't have like fancy led light bulbs and shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) way back then so uh some of that makes some sense um but I think I think that contributes to the atmosphere. It does make some of the pl- the like locations feel like there should be more to them at times. Yeah, there isn't a ton of contrast. Uh, like the color palette's pretty consistent among mm-hmm. all things. Is I think a, another thing that makes it feel a little bit one note. Maybe uh, this is one thing that we didn't touch on somehow <laughs> until now. But like. This is a game that has fantastical elements to it. Like, in the game, one of the characters makes, like, mechanized animals. Automatons. Yeah, there's, like, a bird and little bugs. And there's another character who can, like, turn time back and do... And they capture time Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that is, like, sort of explained... uh, as being like a uh, like a living on borrowed time kind of, like Derisine almost like they suck the time out of something else and yeah. put it into someone else uh, and despite all that like even the really fantastic stuff is it seems like it blends into the environment more than it should like when you go up to the the roof and by roof I mean second floor of a building mm-hmm. pretty just it's explicitly not a roof. Yes, uh, it's like an attic. Yeah, and there is a... That's the word. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> the fusion between second floor and roof. The attic. The attic. It's like the second floor's roof. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but in there, there is a... Uh, there's the, this bird, like a weird steampunk bird. And it just looks like it belongs there. <laughs> and it's so... Because it, it should stand out more than it does. Mm-hmm. But all of that to say, uh, I really don't... Like, <laughs> like, I went on for a bit there, mostly because I forgot what the word attic meant. Uh-huh. But uh, I realistically, like, despite all of that, I think that visually the game works I think it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, the puzzle elements stand out enough from the background that they feel like natural and uh, everything is well done. Like it looks c- consistent. Everything is decipherable. Uh, and so comparisons to your walk aside, uh, I do think that like, I-, I think the visuals are part of what made us want to play this game in the first place. It's like, mm-hmm. cause we literally just stumbled on it. Uh, and I don't know, it was it's a good time. I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the combination between the premise and the visuals was a was a hard sell for us. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the end of this game, <laughs> or do you have another note that uh that should go before that? Uh, I feel like I have some stuff. Um. Yeah, the only other thing I think that would be interesting to ask is, do you think, like, how possible do you think it would be to actually, like, play this with a stranger on Discord? <laughs> uh, I mean, never say never, right? I I feel like it would be a weird experience because you basically would have to play it for your first time Mm -hmm. with a stranger. 
And I don't know. I would feel this is a personal thing. I would feel very self-conscious mm-hmm. while doing this because like I do this when I'm doing escape rooms as well. I feel like I have to be like pulling my weight in some way. And if there's like something I'm not able to do, this game might actually alleviate part of that because it necessitates the two players to work together. Yeah, the other person can't do it f- your part for you. Right. So you do have to like share your information. But then it is just like luck of the draw. Like, uh, who knows if the person that you're playing with is gonna be. I mean, this doesn't seem like the kind of game that would be played by someone who is like a some kind of like FPS loudmouth yeah. type character. Yeah. If you if you pick this up and have bothered to get on Discord, <laughs> it's probably like your kind of game. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Maybe there's a reason those people don't have friends <laughs> and need to use the Discord. <laughs> burn uh yeah i just i feel like it would be really uncomfortable like at least to start out yeah if you do happen to pick this game up based on this podcast and and play it on discord well first of all use our discord uh (laughs) link in the in on the website uh but if you do use their Discord, I would love to hear that experience because that does sound like something that would be kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to end by talking about the ending of this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm talking about the narrative ending, not like the the act of playing, nor are we going into Final Thoughts just, just yet. But the conclusion of this game is a... Basically, you discover that one of the characters who has, like, perfected this science fiction-y kind of technique to use a stopwatch, or just a regular watch, to, like, take time from other people at in order to preserve either her own or her sister's life. Uh, I think the person who made the watch is dying. And the other person is using her invention to prolong her life. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but And everything is represented by these, like, little fireflies in jars uh, that you, like, see and they have, like, numbers attached to them. And then in the end, it's like, oh, it was you. This game is that. It is the thing that you've spent your time with. And the time that you've spent on this game are going is now going to prolong the life of this other person. And I find that strange, I guess, as a concept. But also, I kind of liked just having a weird sci-fi implication at the end of this. Like, I think it kind of tied it up better than I expected it to. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's... A really, as you said, a really good sci-fi concept, like a cool twist, and it takes advantage of video games as a medium as well at the same time by, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, you, the player, have spent the time, we know this, you know, yeah, uh, to get here, and then so we just, like, the idea that they've, like, taken that time you've spent in the game and used it to extend this character's life is cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad that you also liked that. Yeah. I was very, I thought there was a potential for one of us 
And I think honestly it would be more likely to be made to find this stupid because it does seem kind of like put in at the end. But I think it works. I think they yeah. do enough to set it up that I actually like where it is, even if I don't fully get like the full scope of the narrative. Yeah. Uh, it makes the ending still impactful, even if you don't have that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of good writing. Yeah. I think it's the strongest thing in the game personally. Like at all? Like, I mean, narratively. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, that seems odd, but okay. Doors popped open. It was a little bit spooky. Oh, that's the wind. Yeah, the pressure differential or whatever. That's what I was going to say, even though I don't fully understand that concept. Me neither, but I know that that's what it is. <laughs> it's a very windy day, dear reader. Dear, dear listeners. Uh, yeah. I mean... You're not reading the transcription of the podcast? <laughs> Do we have... <laughs> there's gotta be a clock thing right you would think so a time related thing all right, all right do we have out of time thoughts tick thoughts tick th- god damn it that's better anyway do we have tick thoughts uh yeah, I I enjoyed this game. Like, it's always fun to just be browsing uh, the eShop or Steam or whatever and then just find a game that looks interesting and just get it and play it right away and have a good time. Um, that can be a surprisingly rare experience, I think. That is true. You just kind of roll the dice on a thing. Um, and that's what this was for us. Um, and... I think it mostly delivered on all the things I thought it would. Uh, the premise was cool. It was fun working through the puzzles together, taking notes on a notepad as we like to do, um, putting together that uh, letter was a highlight. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> cannot believe we didn't, yeah. Play uh, and find out for yourself what the fuck we're talking about. Yep. And uh, But I do think it... it felt like it fell a little short though like it 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 was short lengthwise uh and it it didn't quite feel like it was as fleshed out as i might have liked um the similarities to your walk probably negatively impacted my opinion of this a little bit because we liked that so much um but now overall i think on its own merit i like this quite a bit it just left me wanting more yeah. Um, so I don't know if ever we've had a game where the final thoughts were so like your description just now so closely mirrors what I was going to say that I'm going to go in a slightly different direction mm-hmm. uh, because I, I basically agree with all of that. Um, the one thing that I do want to point out um, is like this game i feel like if this game is like on metacritic or whatever which i'm sure it is uh it probably has like um one of a yellow square a like mid 60s 70s type uh review score Mm. because i i feel like people and even us like when we're talking about a game and we're trying to like come up with a uh our our, you know supreme judgment on it as (laughs) the greatest video game critics of all time Uh uh-huh uh you you have a tendency you want to compare this game sort of like globally to other games and just be like yeah this game was good but it was real short and it was like blah 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 all these other things so you know i enjoyed it 
but it's not like a 10 out of 10. Like I wouldn't rate this game at like, this is as good as shadow of the Colossus, but in a way it is at what it does because the scope of this game is so small and like the goals that it has are so like minimal. Like it's only really trying to do one thing in a unique way. I think the game pulls it off pretty spectacularly. Um, and yeah, like it isn't for everyone because one, it's a weird slow puzzle game and not everybody is into those. Mm-hmm. And two, it's got this like co-op thing to it, which isn't going to be up everyone's alley. And sure, those are definitely like marks against it universally, but I honestly think that this game does a really good job at being what it is. Uh, so there it is. I give this, this is a perfect 10 on the no clip rating score that we've never given a game before. <laughs> uh, also, as a side note, we need to come up with a name for this type of game because I feel like it's something that we run into occasionally and I want to like categorize it. We've basically been calling them like escape room games. No, I mean like what uh, we've been referring to as Chad and Andy late night fun time games, <sighs> just like a game that you can pl- go all the way through in like less than two hours, mm-hmm. like a popcorn game, like a snack game. Mm, I don't like either of those. No, I don't either. That's why we need to come up with a okay. name. So stay tuned <laughs> for that. Uh, and I would love to cover more of these type of things on Pocket because mm. it's like, I feel like that's like the epitome of what this, this sub show is about. Yeah. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket. What are we talking about next time? Next time... We're finally going to be talking about Xenoclash. Uh, so, Andy, what do you know about Xenoclash? Almost nothing. I love it. So, the most exciting thing about this whole experience for me is going to be watching Andy discover what the fuck this game is. Uh so I hope you will join us for that. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find all of our old episodes, uh, including games that we mentioned this episode, such as 999 and Harvester. Uh, and Yearwalk. And Yearwalk. Uh, <laughs> one of those is actually a Noclip Pocket episode. Uh, links to our YouTube channel, our Twitter, our Discord, where you can come play TikTok with somebody or just talk about fucking Dark Souls. <laughs> Who would have guessed that people would be talking about Dark Souls on our server? It seems almost unbelievable. Uh, until next time, stay spicy. <laughs> I have some nuanced opinions uh, to give about video games. 